Achieving Goal NRL podcast for round 24. Uh, my name's James Smith, and joining me this week is, as always, Jeff Centenera. How are you, mate? I'm well, sir. I'm a bit sleep-deprived, but, um, yeah, otherwise uh, quite all right. That's right. You're a little, little bit sleep-deprived because... You've introduced a new human into the world. So yes, congratulations. yes, more more fans for uh, for the for the NRL. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's funny how um, we we're going through the process. Just a, a personal aside to start this off, we were, we were looking at um, you know birth certificates. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy to report that uh, you know you can get kind of a play school birth certificate. You can get like a you know is it a May Gibbs birth certificate? Oh, and you right. can certainly get. A birth certificate in the NRL club of your choice. Oh, yes. So his, yes. uh, his his dear mother, who is a dyed in the wool uh, St George Illawarra Dragons fan, uh, I was recommending that you know we get uh, one with the appropriate theme. But then she said she wouldn't want to inflict that on the child. So you know, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. As long as it doesn't, if you don't have any ambitions for it to become a politician <laughs> later on, if it isn't a uh, New Zealand birth certificate. My, uh, my one of my nephews um, has, uh, funnily enough, has like a uh, has a letter from like I think the the president, the club president of oh, North, yeah. North Melbourne, the Kangaroos. You know, so I mean, his his dad kind of made a, a very quick move on that one, but. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be that'll be a topic for the future. Whether you uh, maybe an off-season topic for us, James. Whether you should, you know, whether a father should uh, should make or mother even um, should make their child uh, support kind of the team that they support. There's some very kind of interesting kind of uh, kind of theories around this. Definitely, but, um, yeah. You should be you should be given a team and made to suffer your whole life from somebody else's decision, shouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, again, like I said, I, 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 I'm going through the throes of trying to decide this right right now. So you know, uh, fortunately for me, I don't really have uh, I don't really have a side. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of ten years in Sydney, and I still haven't kind of declared allegiance. So yeah. maybe I'll do it at the same time as my son. Maybe when the Bears come back in, you can start supporting. Them. That would be the most uh, logical in terms of uh, kind of locality. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. kick a football in North Sydney <laughs> from your from your place. Um, yeah, so. This is pretty much all we're going to be doing for the next 45 minutes, just gibbering away about <laughs> rugby league. Um, I'm going to talk about um, the whole Henry versus Hain debate, um, have a yarn about our cover subject for um, our September issue, uh, Billy Slater, and um, go through our hero and zero over the past week, um, and go through the matchups for this weekend, and, and uh, also have a bit of a look towards the World Cup, especially the Women's World Cup that's at the end of the year. And then finish off with a walk down memory lane with Graham Hughes, uh, who's actually quite a contemporary figure at the moment, it turns out. So, very good. Um, yeah, so first of all, mate, um, you've been away and you've been looking at the whole Henry versus Hayne um, debate from a different angle. Um, what's, your, what's your take on it? You know, it, it strikes me as kind of one of those highly remarkable circumstances that. that you never used to quite see in football. I mean, like in, yeah. in football, the, the coach was always king. Uh, you know that you know the coach was always managing a large like, kind of number number of players, and you know could really dictate kind of the power relationship. But you know this to me is is a kind of almost a near kind of textbook example of just how much power kind of modern star players have. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's that whole theory that you know uh, taken to the extreme of. You, you know, your coach to a degree is expendable, but, you know, your, your star players are not. And when you kind of look at, you yeah. know, the, the circumstances around the Titans, if you look at kind of what, what 
Gold Coast's options are with, with regards to Jared Hayne. I mean, you yeah. can't exactly, if they were to choose to side with their coach and, and cut loose, you know, kind of a player who, if not playing up to his considerable talent, is at least kind of, you know, kind of productive on the field for them. But even worse is, you know, to cut him loose and, you know, take the hit on his, his million-dollar salary is, is really just cutting off your nose. So, you know, I... I find it fascinating. I do think it is really a marker of how you know that you know, that um, of uh, the NRL's you know, kind of status as a modern sports league. That uh, you know that you know, that, that you have this kind of coach versus star player showdown. I don't think this is the kind of thing that would have uh, would have swung in the old days. I think you know, kind of the guy on the sideline would have been able to maybe if a, a captain who had considerable equity at his club might have might have been able to kind of get his way but um yeah. you know i mean what's your sense of it uh, james i mean yeah. it's i think it's unusual in in the context of of rugby league traditionally but by the same token i think the nrl is, has become quite a star power driven game like yeah. you know i think you know if you know, not to say that other players at the cops would try to do this, but you know, say if like a if, if a Jonathan Thurston or a Cameron Smith <laughs> found that they had, had a falling out with their coach that wasn't tenable anymore, <laughs> then I'd be love to say that their club administrations would side with them rather than kind of the guy on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't really have an opinion on this subject until about fifteen seconds ago when I was just listening to you just then, and you're quite right. Like, okay, the Titans had basically every every player in their squad was of equal. Um, uh, stature and, and reputation. Then jo- Jared Hayne comes in, uh, way get, gets paid way more than any other player in the club, and you're trying to tell him that he's no different to any other player in the club, and, and that doesn't that, that dynamic isn't working. It doesn't work. Um, it, yeah. So basically, he's he's the king. He's the kingpin. You, you're paying him like he is. He he's attracting ticket sales like you can't tell me that if he's not there um just as many people are going to show up at the titans as what as, as what they would if um if, if he was there I, I think it's a really really unnatural situation that the Titans have created like they've un- unwittingly made it about the star player um and unfortunately the only the only what the only person the star player can go up against is the coach mm. he's not going to go up any other star player in in the club because their star players are too young to, to really, you know, um, take a foothold in any in, in any argument. I feel anyway. Mm. In my kind of time observing NRL clubs <clears throat> up, up close, I've yep. often found that, you know, and this might be true of kind of any football club in general or any organisation, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. But you know, title does not really dictate where the centre of power is in the club. Like I've seen clubs where, you know, the coach can really call all the shots right down to whether, you know, we in the media are able to interview a guy for 15 minutes, you know, kind of on on a Friday of a bye week, you know, they're they're that powerful that, you know, once they actually get to kind of have basically final say on decisions that would be kind of better left to the marketing department or, you know, or, or, you know, somewhere or somewhere else within the organization. Uh, I don't know the Titans well enough to know basically who has kind of, you know, the power there to say, you know, uh, you know we're going to back Henry or we're going to back Hayne. But um, mm. it's, it's kind of interesting how, you know, most teams I would, I would think would, would seem to want to build a hierarchy where, uh, I guess, you know, you know the president you know, gets to decide or through, then through to the chief executive and then yeah. kind, of, kind of on down. But it's, it's unusual how, uh, and 
I must admit, kind of the NRL is, is not you know alone in this. I mean, I, you see it in, in many other sports where, yeah, you have to kind of identify where the you know, center of power exactly. actually is in the organization. And well, um, what would you do? Um, I mean, I, that's a gutless thing. I, mm. should, I should tell people what I'd do first. I, I, I reckon I, I would try and work out as hard as, you, as I could if I was, as, as you say, in, in a so-called position of power. You'd try as hard as you could to keep them both, wouldn't you? Because they're both quality football um, people on and off on and off the field as far as contributions go. That, that, that's what I would try and do. I wouldn't try and get rid of either one. Yeah, probably rapprochement, which I guess is not a word you get thrown around rugby <laughs> league a lot. <laughs> oh, I guess it's making amends or very fancy, fancy French diplomatic word for yeah. making making so amends. Both the same thing. Yeah, I, yeah, you keep them both. But you know, yeah. here's I'll, I'll offer just you know a counterpoint view to you know offer one. Yeah. If you believe that kind of going forward, neither is a part really of your of your future. Um, yeah, cut them both loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, the thing would be uh, that I guess that that's the question you really want to ask yourself is that, you know, again, not being privy to kind of, you know, the Titans finances and how, how you know, how important kind of pain is to selling tickets and putting bums in seats and so forth. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, if, if, you know, maybe the kind of, they're going to miss the finals again uh, yeah, yeah. this year. So, so they've both failed in that sense, haven't they? You know, re- and plausibly yeah. for a club that I would say that wasn't, I guess, you wouldn't, you, I wouldn't say they were a cinch to make the finals, but they had a reasonable expectation of being in the eight. Especially kind of, after yeah. last year. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's a backward step. That's a regression. This yeah. is probably a large kind of you know, factor in the regression. They certainly seem to be an improved side in terms of personnel yeah. on last year when we were kind of looking at them in the preseason. Yeah. But, you know, the, the question kind of now stands that, you know, it, do you kind of you know take that step back and you know kind of yeah um, kind of c- try to come up with a with a new kind of plan, and then then the question becomes is is Neil Henry or, or uh, Jared Hayne kind of part of that plan you know, kind yeah. of going forward and on the time frame that you're that you're going to realize it? No, exactly. Yeah, and, and just just to close off on this, if you if you get rid of one, then and and the Titans don't succeed, then it all then it all becomes. Oh right, so getting rid of so and so really helped, didn't it? And mm. Yeah, I, I just I just feel it's an awful situation, and I hope they uh, hope everybody gets to keep their jobs in that, and, and they can put um, professionalism at, at the front. Um, so yeah, so now we want to have a yarn about our new magazine that, that it's on sale on Thursday. So. Oh, terrific edition, if, if we do say so. Um, <laughs> That's very objective, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, I, I think it's better than that, but you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, Billy Slater is our cover subject. Um, uh, written, by, written by a tremendous writer, that being James <laughs> <laughs> himself. <laughs> I was very, uh, no, it was, it was a really good um, opportunity to talk to one of the greats of the game. A bit of a personal highlight, really. And, and Billy has a new book out, we should, we should declare. Um, by Penguin Random House, and it's written by, uh, co-written by. Do you co-write an autobiography, or do you? I don't know. I think uh, some people will actually kind of entirely write autobiographies <laughs> for, no, for other for other people, as I understand. But uh, yes, yeah. no. I mean, it, uh, Billy's a pretty intelligent bloke, so maybe he did write a little bit of it. But yeah, but Richard Hines, who um, who of course has contributed to this mag yep. for a long time, Richard's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. So we we grabbed Billy on. On uh, the publicity tour, uh, I suppose, and uh, he gave us a, a lot of his time and some really great insights. Um, my main objective of the, the story wasn't to just say, "Look how great Billy is." Yeah, Billy. 
um, mainly wanted to concentrate on his comeback this year. Um, and I, I picked out three games for three different chapters, if you if you like it, in the story. One of his one of the games was the comeback game um, against Brisbane, and the second game was his real standout breakout performance against the Dragons down at Wynn Stadium, where he scored two tries and set up a couple for Vunavalu out wide. And the third one was Origin 3. And you could follow a trajectory of those three games, just how quickly he's progressed to be back to basically, if, if not his best, then still a player that is very, very hard to contain, even at his age. And, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we've, we've done that. It's a tremendously written piece, James. And, um, you know, I wanted to... I got a real sense when reading it of kind of Billy's feeling for kind of like the kind of the special thing he's walked into in Melbourne in his career and how that how that's allowed him to become you know the the player that he's become I guess we have this assumption with you know superstar players that they'd be superstars wherever they go but um, I, I guess you know with with Billy Slater, he, it was not a nailed uncertainty that he was going to become, which I, I, you could plausibly say, an, an immortal level player, if not an immortal. Uh, I think we tend to forget now with uh, kind of the passage of the last few years that um, we were hailing this guy as the best, the best of his generation, kind of a modern day you know, Churchill. Um, the, the thing I want to ask you, James, is yeah. what was, did you get your, uh, the thing that kind of bugged up my mind as I was kind of reading the story was, do you reckon he'd still be playing if he'd missed the last couple of seasons? Like, you know, would he would he have kind of chosen to kind of wrap it up, you know, in in this time? Uh, because my feeling was again as I was reading the story is that he is playing now and will possibly continue playing into the future. He hasn't made that decision yet, if, if I recall. No. Um, if yeah, uh, if he had kind of gotten, you know, I, th- I think the, being away from the game for the last two years. Yeah. That's kind of really put the fire in him to you know, to, to keep going this season. Yeah, and, and it's that whole thing, isn't it, about injuries actually can um, extend your career. Mm. Uh, to answer your question, though, I think I don't think he would still be playing. Mm. Um, I think it's a good point that you make, and uh, and the reason I think that he that he wouldn't be is just how he talks about the end of each game at this stage of his career. He loves loves being around his footy mates, mm. and he loves savouring wins. And he loves moping about losses, and uh, he he really enjoys that part of the whole flea experience. Not that I want to spoil kind of the article yeah. for you, but at least kind of like tease one bit of it. Uh, if you can tell this, I reckon you should tell the story, James, of yeah, what went down in the uh, yeah uh, the aftermath of kind of Origin Three. I thought that was oh. like kind of one of the really wonderful little stories that came out of the piece. Uh, yeah, because because I asked him, being a New South Wales um, person, I, I asked him every time you blokes win. You seem to be having more and more fun, and you seem to be enjoying it more and more. It doesn't look like it's getting boring. Um, and he said, "Yeah." And, and, and I said, "Is it? It's not out of arrogance that you're not rubbing our noses in it or anything, are you?" And he said, "No, it is genuinely uh, an enjoyment about being around footy mates and enjoying the, the whole experience." And I think what you want me to tell is um, this: is how wild the celebrations were after Origin Three. They uh, they partied pretty hard, not not stupidly, but. But yeah, they enjoyed each other's company for a long, long time. And he he, he said uh, Cameron Smith um, didn't get out of his playing gear until seven a.m. the next morning. Uh, I, I love that. So did I. I just love that <laughs> anecdote. I just love this vision in my head that you know, yeah. like Cameron Smith's like still in full kit, like yeah. walking around, you know, the, you know, huh. with, a, with a beer in hand, and you know, everyone else <laughs> is kind of you know half changed, and you know, 
Yeah, Smith, Mate, Smith is still there. Imagine how many I love you mates there were that night. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, yeah, I get, there's a great sense that they may have stole is not the right word because I don't think you can say a side this great can, has stolen anything at, you know, at origin level, but that was probably the hardest one, as, as hard as it's been to, yeah, for, for one, one of them to, to get yeah. in, this, in this grand run that they've had. So, yeah, yeah. but I, I've got to fully recommend everyone to kind of read the story. I mean, we're not going to have, I, I suspect we're not going to have Billy Slater around as a player for much longer. No. So, you know, and, you know, it's a very much an enjoy it while you can, while he's still playing so well. You know, yeah, so. yeah, and who knows if Australia just completely dominate the World Cup, he might call it quits on rec football in December. So. What a way to go. I mean, if they were to, if he were to win that origin coming back for those last two games, yeah, a yeah. premiership with the Storm the because they, yeah. they look prohibitive right now. Oh, they, they look fantastic. They look Paramount of 2001 right now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then um, uh, yeah, a World Cup. I, I, I oh. don't know how you'd kind of top that really. Unless, unless as you say, he still <laughs> really loves the game and still, yeah, has a little bit more to get out of it. So, yeah, um, anyway, there's a bit of self-indulgence there. But, <laughs> um, we like Billy Slater. I think that's the bottom line. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we just want to um, touch on one of our columnists uh, this month, uh, Fox Sports, uh, Lara Pitt. Um, she's gone through uh, who she thinks will be the superheroes of September, and uh, there's some pretty pretty cool names here. They're all young, aren't they? They're all very exciting names. She's nominated um, and. Is Josh McGuire young, or is he just one of those dudes who who who, who has always looked old? I think, um, yeah, <laughs> he's both. Yeah, <laughs> he's another one that missed a complete season. And yeah, yeah. So she's nominated the Fox, uh, Moose, the Hulk, uh, Nug, and Tommy Turbo. So Jake we'll, Friend got really dropped there with Nug. What a terrible superhero <laughs> name that um, is. <laughs> we'll have to have a, um, the Nug. I've got to have a yarn about Jake Friend one of these days. He's you always oh, you can't stop talking oh, about Jake. Him, him and Damien Damien are the two best players in the game at the moment. <laughs> They're brilliant. Yeah. Every I, I've watched the Roosters live twice with Jake Friend gone, and they, and they were they weren't rudderless, but geez, they lose a lot with with him out. And um, but yeah, she's come up with um, I, I think there are, these people are already on fire. She, Josh Adokar, he's just playing brilliantly every week and. Jason Talmalolo, of course, we all know about his um, his abilities, and Tom Travoyevich as well. So, but they're, they're all no doubt, um, unless Manly can, uh, you know, find just, a way to lo- find a way to lose the way out of the final. Oh, jeez, <laughs> no, they, no, they're not out. They? No, 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 they're not out. They're, um, they're. Uh... I think they're still ahead of uh, North Queensland, technically. So, That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, we've got a couple. From what was I, I was saying was, yeah, pretty cl- yeah, cut and dried race for the eight. You know, yeah. two weeks ago it was yeah. now become an interesting ra- oh. uh, race for the eight again. And the Raiders are even in there. Too, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, if they if they can kind of pull the inside straight of winning them all the way to the final. Just you know, on this list, I, I think yeah. one, the one that um, kind of gets me is that. We all saw this coming with Josh Adokar, didn't we? Yeah, but like, we you know, ignored he, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, it was like because he played for West Tigers. Yeah. And all thought, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but then when he saw the, the second he signed with Melbourne, you're yeah. like, oh, he's going to be brilliant for them. And, yeah, and, <laughs> You've been hanging around me too long, haven't you? And, and that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so, exactly right. Yeah. So and, yeah. and that's pretty much what's been what's been realised. You know, I mean. Yeah. And the other thing that intrigues me about that is that when he kind of, when he had that really superb game for for West last year, he actually came against the storm. Yeah, like, it's like the storm. Yeah, the storm kind of saw what he could do. It's like, all right, we'll sign him. <laughs> yeah. 
which I, I think is probably a sound recruitment strategy. Recruit the guys who are always, you know, kind of ripping you up. So. How, how embarrassing was he off contract when they signed him? See, so another club's walked in, seen how good he is against you, and then they've signed him mm. without him being on contract. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the, what his status was, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess part of the issue with out, out of the Tigers, he, he was kind of you know, stacked behind you know, several other kind of you know yeah, players, players of his of his type and position. Yeah. But you know, that was one which I think people could really he could really <laughs> see coming. Like you know, I mean, Marika Corbetti actually had a pretty good year last year, and I think yeah. oh, sorry, two se- yeah last year, and I think he's been totally forgotten now. Forgotten. Yeah, I didn't even think of him when you were talking. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, so anyway, that, that's a good column. You should um, check that out in our um, September issue as well. Just a question for you, James. Who do yeah. you think who would be kind of your uh, oh. kind of your nomination to the you know that uh, that superhero list? Oh, Jesus, it put me on the spot. Mm. Um, maybe maybe one that that isn't there. Oh, probably Anthony Milford. All right. Yeah, maybe time for him to stand up, and and, and it is about time. You know, um, still can't believe. He's as young as he is, and he played in the grand final two seasons ago. So yeah, yeah. T- speaks a lot of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he'd be mine anyway. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's all good. Check out our September issue. It's uh, on sale on Thursday. Um, now for our hero and zero of the week, um, I've gone ahead and nominated these myself, mate, because you were busy d- dealing with certain <laughs> things. <laughs> um, Kevin Naguama is our hero because he's he's the latest um, knight in shining armor. Um, in, in rugby league, he, he went, went over and uh, gave his jersey to a girl called Danielle who um, has been fighting cancer of late and um, the two have been in contact um, during uh, Danielle's fight. So it's just a lovely, lovely gesture that, it, that he did and, uh, after, the, after the Tigers' win over Manly. Well, you're going to like this one, James. Kevin Nakwama is, is basically one of my heroes just because of his hair. <laughs> he's got, you know, he's definitely top five in the league in hair. That, like, that, is, that is awesome. So some yeah. tats too. He's basically covering the tats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, you're a big one for hair, aren't you? Big one for hair. Yeah. Big one for Kevin Nakwama's hair. He's, yeah, it, it's awesome. And he doesn't play soccer. So you, <laughs> you, you like soccer here in particular, don't you? Um, yeah. I guess yeah. hair pretty much in any. Um, Although, yeah. I guess when you when you when in football, I, I guess the, the, any form of football, good hair, standout hair allows you to recognise the player more easily. And so, you're you know. saying that's why Nat Fife won the Brownlow? Is that well, right? there's a whole class of thinking about why <laughs> certain kind of people win Brownlow, certain kind of fair-haired uh, individuals win win Brownlows because yeah, it's easier for the you know the the, um, the umpires to pick them out. But uh, yeah, you know, Kevin Nakwama, great hair. <laughs> And uh, our, so he's our hero and our zero. Um, I'm, I'm giving it to Parramatta. That was a massive chance for them to lock up credibility. Really, two more point, two more points would have been terrific for them at this time of year. Um, and all they had to do was knock off Newcastle. I think they got spooked by Newcastle. I think that's the pressure game of the whole round each week. It's whoever Newcastle's playing, and they couldn't handle it. Do you feel the Knights are getting better, though? Yeah, definitely they are. They've been getting better all year. Yeah. It's because they haven't won. But it's, it's only been the last 15, 20 minutes that they haven't been, been hanging in the game for. Mm. I didn't see this game. I watched the highlights, but they, they knocked them off. They, they've... They strangled. I get the sense this is a team that yeah is getting better yep. as the season goes on, and it's almost like the season is going to end too early for them. Yeah, that, you know that. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season, so it's got to end sometime. Yeah. But um, I think 
plainly. I mean, this is the first time they won three in a row in quite a while. But um, another five rounds would have been would exactly. Have been, I think. Yeah. I think you could, you could. Have, you know, that is the feeling that they're going to get when they break for the year, and they're, they're going to feel quite good about themselves. Yeah. You know, in, in contrast to what they've been feeling for the last few seasons, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, para, yeah, para and enigma. But, you know, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, I've mm. I've been kind of looking at them. And I, I still can't figure out how you know, kind of. <laughs> Where their win losses at, con- considering the kind of the, kind of the imbalance of their for and against, but um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's been my yeah. kind of little kind of private you know, kind of hobby horse for for much of the for much of the kind of late season. But yeah, um, they're very solid team. Yeah, right? I mean, it's um, but, but, yeah, I'm not you, you're, you're not you're, you're quite right. I think um, I think now, but you know, even even like. Like, like last year, it was very much a thing where you, you could show up and if you knew you were playing Newcastle, you could just bank a win. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not the case anymore. No. There's less pressure on you playing Newcastle as what there is on Melbourne because people know what, what, what to expect. But yeah, I'm not saying Parramatta, I'm not bagging Parramatta, but they should have beaten Newcastle um, considering what they really want to achieve and, and what they can achieve. So. Would you be shocked if Para made the grand final? Oh, yeah, yeah. Would you be shocked if they made the prelim? So the game before the, the game before final. the grand final. So they'd probably be playing like a Roosters or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, Which is to say, basically, can they win? Depending on where they fall, they'd have to win a final yeah. to get to that to get to that. So, so, that so, game. so would, uh, yeah, and I suppose the uh, another cryptic question is: Are they better than Brisbane or Cronulla? I don't think so. I'd, yeah, I, I would be. Yeah, to answer your question, I would be shocked if they were playing off for a grand final spot. Yeah, Brisbane, because Brisbane, well, Brisbane's second. People keep forgetting about them, don't yeah. they? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so speaking of the Eels, they've got the Titans this weekend. Um, and Bevan French is back from a hamstring injury. So that's, that's a, a huge, huge, huge um, in for them, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, so the Eels are in fifth and the Titans are in 14th. I, I think the Eels uh, should do the job on, on, on the Titans here. After you just call them zeros. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. So they lost to the... Um, Lost to the three-time wooden spooners, but they should be a team in 14th. Um, uh, Rabbitohs and Warriors uh, um, are in the next game. That's the Friday 6pm game at ANZ Stadium. Um, Kieran Foran's back for, for the Warriors. Um, that's a massive boost for, for them. But I, I watched um, the Rabbitohs play live against Canterbury last week, and they, they look pretty strong. They're doing exactly what they did. Last year, they're finishing the year strong. I think mm. they won... I could be wrong, but they won oh, six in a row to end the year last year. That's after they lost eight in a, after they lost eight in a row, didn't they? So. Oh, yeah. Um, did they finish strongly last year, or am I... Yeah, no, they, they finish relatively strongly. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. They, 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 they put together kind of two massive losing streaks <laughs> in the middle of the season. So. <laughs> if it wasn't for those two massive losing streaks, that would have been a great year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what, just one more. I don't know if you've got anything to add for this game, but mm. Angus Crichton, he just oh, gets yes. better and better yes. and better yes. every week. And, you know, the, the upshot of that is it makes union types cry every <laughs> time. He, every, you know, with every kind of single game he plays fantastically, you know. See yeah. from union, is well, yeah, he was. Um, he actually started in league, went to Union, then came back to league. Oh, okay. So you know, I mean, 
yeah, the, the, he does have some kind of kind of roots in in, in both codes. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's he's prime football grade material uh, oh. material, obviously, and um, so yeah, stop, it's been it? yeah, it's it's been borne out by kind of this uh, this very kind of uh, immediate success he's having. Yeah, terrific. Um, so that's the Friday six pm game. It's the seven fifty um, game on Friday is the Broncos and Dragons. These are always great matches. Um, I'm talking about players coming back. Ben Hunt um, has been named at hooker. But uh, will likely start from the bench, so that, that that gives you an idea of the depth that Wayne Bennett has. He's got a completely fit, firing squad. Cody Nicarima can't even, um, you know, secure mm. secure down a spot. So, yeah, I, I expect the Broncos to to win quite quite easily against the Dragons. Yeah, um, and then on to Saturday afternoon up at Newcastle, um, the uh, Knights chasing their fourth win in a row. They got the Melbourne Storm. Um, Cameron Munster's back at, at five eight, so he'd be he'd be brave to tip the Knights when you they should the, the storm but really should be clicking right into gear now. Isn't this the you know kind of with the with the allowance that the storm is a much better side than Parramatta? Yeah, yeah. Isn't this the same thing? Isn't this the trap game for the for the yeah, storm now? The good trap point. Game? They're travelling to Newcastle. So That's right. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it beyond like Bellamy just engineer a loss here just so that you know keeps oh, these guys sharp? Oh, right? yeah. That said, they can can't they have they have they technically they haven't technically wrapped the minor premiership have they? Because no, there's three to go. In there's three to go. They're three. three. They're up by three. If they win this one, that's it. But yeah, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, they could they could still technically lose lose them all. And 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 uh, but it, it um, yeah it'll be dependent on I guess for and against yes. But um, yeah, I'd imagine that with kind of yeah kind of with that with that goal line in sight. Uh, metaphorical goal line, yeah. You'd um, expect them to, yeah. You just don't think Melbourne is going to trip up no. and get in games like this, right? You'd no. expect other sides to, but not, uh, not, not, not Melbourne. And we can edit this out when I'm wrong next week. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at forty or fifty points here. Oh wow! Yeah. Still, still no faith in Newcastle <laughs> after <laughs> after saying that the, uh, as you say, the uh, the game against Newcastle is the pressure game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 5.30pm at Allianz uh, on Saturday you've got the Roosters and the Tigers Michael Gordon's back that's that's massive um, for the Roosters and Connor Watson moves to the bench and he's having a great year as well I, I didn't I didn't even know what all the hype was about about Connor Watson until I watched him last week Jeez, mm. he's a good player yeah, but their fullback for next year is playing for the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They can measure him up when he's, when he's uh, out there. <laughs> oh, and I always wondered one of these days if you're going to be one of these conspiracy-minded fans that you think that, you know, you're going up against one of these sides at the end of the season and, you know, yeah. if, if a guy on the other team just happens to lay down or, you know, have a suspiciously dubious performance, yep. you know, like, that's, that's, how would you feel about that? And that's why you're against the whole mid-season signing, aren't Yes, you? indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, just on Tedesco, um, I watched him live um, versus uh, the Panthers like, two weeks ago. Mm. He's now, geez, he's, he's a sensational player. He is very, very hard to tackle. Yeah, like, you know, he's like... It's like that Nike commercial of his. Have you seen that one? Where, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, where he's in the art gallery. Yeah. You know, that is a thing. I reckon that whoever kind of came up with a creative concept to that props because um, to them because that really, I think, it, it kind of like captures him. Like it, uh, it's a bit weird that he's got a mouth guard on while he's going through the art gallery, isn't it? 
That's yeah, rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that yeah, you know, he's going to kind of you know, dodge all these security guards. You know, and he gets just as a bit of cross, just as a bit of cross training. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's that's the kind that's a game. That's his game, isn't yeah, it? He's yeah. just you know, he's. Uh, it's interesting to watch kind of other teams' game plan for him. They've got to get up on him, uh, up on him quickly yeah. because as soon as he gets kind of momentum yeah. and he kind of starts, you know, getting you know, kind of some you know, kind of energy in behind him to kind of start like making moves off of either foot, is remarkable. He, he, you know, he's, he's there and he's not. He's yeah. he's um, he's just he's elusive in a way that you know modern the modern player isn't elusive in the way that you know kind of guys in the old uh, old days seem to, to be elusive it's more kind of a, a power speed type of thing yep. these days sure. but you know he is he is classically hard to hard to tackle yeah and it's a classic it's a cliche but every time he gets the ball you think something is going to happen well he can make something happen from Absolutely. from nothing from yeah yeah it um you know it may not there may not be a gap there may there may not be yeah, you know, a play to be made, but you know it, it, he can make it. Just yeah, you know, you know, you know uh, with you know, just from from his from from him from a start. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, so interesting to see how Teddy goes there. Um, Seven thirty Saturday game is the Cowboys and the Sharks. Um, this should be a really, really like terrific match. But I just want to quickly go through the Cowboys outs. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so all these players are out for the for the rest of the year. Uh, Chudley, Matt Scott. Uh, Pat Kafusi, Ben Spina, Thurston, Antonio Winnerstein, Gavin Cooper, Justin O'Neill, and Sean Fenson. That, you, you won't see all those players again this year. It's a pretty fair team there. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it's a good team, yeah. Um, and that's why I think the Sharks will win. Um, the Sharks haven't got that many injuries. Um, but nothing really smarting from that loss to the Broncos last week. They got pretty much towed up by Brisbane 32 to 10, so I can see the Sharks winning that one. Yeah. All right, over the page, the last two. Um, the Raiders and the Panthers down at GIO. Uh, Wallace is out with a broken hand for Penrith. Um, and Trent Merrin has been included in, in the reserves. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Penrith have a shocking record down in Canberra. <laughs> Tuning the Raiders to win this one. It's, um, uh, yeah... It's not. It's not a very good trip down there for Penrith. No, it would be funny if you know. Is if this game? This is a kind of game that I think we had identified early in the season as being one that could have kind of great bearings on the yeah, course of the season. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But um, and it probably the, is too. Still. The funny thing is, is this game ended in a tie. That you know, <laughs> that could really screw up both teams. Because <laughs> you know, a win to either will really help in in terms of their in their chase for the finals. But well, uh, if Canberra wins, they're only a win outside. The they're game. only a win outside the eight. You know, yeah. when you, you would have thought you know, kind of yeah you know, kind of like five weeks ago uh, yeah. or yeah um, a little less four weeks ago uh yeah it seeming it was seemingly insurmountable oh, yeah. but um but this season was over wasn't it mm. yeah. yeah so that'd be interesting that's that's um down at GAO at 2 p.m and at 4 p.m to round the round out the uh weekend is the Bulldogs and the Sea Eagles um Josh Reynolds is out with that calf injury that he hobbled over the sideline with. That's a shame. Hopefully he has a game or two left for the Dogs before he goes to the Tigers. Sam Cassiano, your bloke, oh, he's I'm out in. with a sternum injury. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Frawley fills in in the half. Sternum the injury? Yeah. yeah been braining people with a sternum. <laughs> <laughs> Using sternum too many times. Um, That's because what happens is he probably runs into people, and he's probably you know people. He's he's so big, like people's heads are going hitting his sternum. <laughs> you know, I'd imagine. You know. that's, that's, oh, that's my that's my theory. <laughs> Anyhow, um, rush back, Big Sam. We miss you. Yeah, yeah. 
Just one thing about the dogs. Geez, they're an ordinary footy team. But I just want to... Like, when you watch them live, you just... It's kind of almost they don't like they don't have a coach. <laughs> <laughs> and not, yeah, and that's really unfair on everybody connected with them. But I wanted to praise the dogs fans. They keep turning up. Like this, when they played last week, it was um, the seven fifty game on a Thursday night. It was cold last Thursday. It was just really an ordinary atmosphere out at ANZ. But the dogs fans were there. I really liked it. You do have to give them credit for that. I mean, yeah. that is that is one of the stickiest kind of fan bases in the league. I mean, unless it's... you go on Twitter and they <laughs> attack their team week in week out. Hey, you know, if you if you turn up, you know, if you kind of vote with your feet, I think yeah. you've earned the right to criticize. It's the ones yeah. that you know who never turn up and they'll, they'll criticize nevertheless. Like the so, Twitter yeah. warriors, where um, they they have a look at their low crowd and they say, "What a pathetic crowd." <laughs> you know, and they, and they say that from their lounge room, drinking their Milo underneath the blanket. I hate that. Anyway. <laughs> um, so that's our tips. Um, hopefully you... Uh, yeah, Before you finish that up, <laughs> yeah. your thoughts on Manly? Um, Manly, so they're, they're on the edge of the eight now. I, yeah. I think they can make it. They should make it. I think them and Penrith will make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Dragons have slipped, slipped out, of, out of form too much, haven't they? They're a real confidence team too, and but... We'll see. Um, Canberra is the one that I'm worried about. Yeah, yeah. The, the, You'd think their later. ceiling is kind of still there. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. They've got yeah. a lot of room to play with. I'm yeah. curious. Curious, Manly. Just yeah, they were they kind of rolled off the table to, yeah. to a degree. You That's know, a shame because they're a really good rugby league club, mm. full of good good footy players. Um, I know a lot of other people don't like them, but I've never minded them. Like mm-hmm. yeah, as a, as a rugby league unit. Yeah. So we'll see how it all goes. Um, Another, another segment we've got is our World Cup countdown, and I just wanted wanted to concentrate on the Women's World Cup, uh, which is going to be a massive event in itself um, across November and December. Um, it's, a, it's going to be held from the 16th of November, and all the pool and semis games are going to be held at Southern Cross Group Stadium down in Cronulla. So, yeah, uh, you people living down Cronulla can... Um, pretty much watch the whole tournament if you like, it's, which is a really good concept. Um, this is the fifth Women's World Cup um, ever staged, and the final is going to be played uh, as part of the double header um, before the men's final at Suncorp's or Brisbane Stadium, according to the uh, hmm. <laughs> naming rights um, uh, of the draw, um, and that's going to take place on the 2nd of December. And competing in the Women's World Cup are Australia, Canada, Cook Islands, England, New Zealand and PNG, and all the games are going to be shown live somewhere on or other on the seven networks. So that's that's massive for the women's game, isn't it? It's terrific. I mean, yeah. in kind of it's a credit to the League World Cup that they're doing this right. That yeah. Um, yeah. you know we have this kind of explosive growth in kind of women's sport, uh, showing itself to kind of be kind of be viable. Uh, and it's on two feet, and it's on merit, and um, yeah, and yeah. Plainly, the you know, league has a, as good a product to offer as any of the other kind of kind of sports that are there out, out there right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, and that'll kind of be shown to be the case. Uh, yeah. Uh, come World Cup time. Yeah. No. So um, get, get into that, and we're probably going to have some some odd stories or whatever in our mag. One, o- yeah. one other thing. I mean, it's if you want to kind of get into the World Cup and you live in Sydney, like yeah. that's probably the best way to get into it because it's just not that many yeah. World Cup games in Sydney apart from, uh, yeah, apart from uh, yeah, the, the women's competition. Well, so. 
Sydney's team, isn't it? Because Lebanon is Sydney's team. Yeah, Lebanon versus Australia and Lebanon versus England. Yes, that's right. They know, <laughs> so, they know yeah. their market. <laughs> but as we were saying, like a couple of weeks ago, they'll have a fair team in Lebanon. So, yeah, Robbie Farah and, and the likes. It's going to be huge. Um, and we, we, we better go. But just before we do, um, our review mirror uh, subject this week is Graham Hughes. And uh, as we said in the intro, he's kind of not review mirror. He's, he's kind of... Um, current day uh, mm. Fox Sports gave him a go at commentating last year um, for the Newcastle uh, Manly game at Brookvale and um, geez, it, was, it was great having his voice back on television he's such a legend of TV commentary in rugby league in Australia it was excellent to hear his voice and uh, he, he made a, 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 another appearance on the retro round this year um, it was at the uh, SCG game between South and and St George, and he sounded fantastic again. He's just got a—he's a perfect commentator. Doesn't try and say too much. Mm. Um, and he also had a—he uh, commentated last week's game between Penrith and the Cowboys. So there's a bit of a bit of a um, um, story going around that Fox might be chasing him to do even more next year, mm-hmm. um, which would be great. It would be great for young fans to really get a sense of the great identities of, of, of the game and, mm. and to know that they're still around. Channel 10, was it? You when, when the game was like, you know, yeah, I guess that's that's been a while ago now. Like, you know, Channel, I, Channel 10 had the rights to the, to the broadcast of the game before Channel 90. Mm. And their last year was 1991. So that gives you an idea of how long Channel 9's been doing it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. effectively, yeah, I might have caught the tail. Of course, I grew up in a, in a non-rugby league state, but I do remember when, yeah, when 10... Probably that last year when when Ten did uh, did games, yeah. and yeah, but I, I guess almost for a generation now, the association that you'd have is with is with Nine and nine, to, yeah. to a degree, um, yeah, with uh, with uh, Fox Sports. Yeah. But um, yeah, Graham Hughes. The thing that kind of fascinates me about uh, about Graham Hughes, uh, first class cricketer. Yeah. You know, not only played kind of uh, you know, uh, you know for, um, you know, top grade in the in the league. He was one of those guys who you know, kind of does. Magnificent all-around sportsman who, um, yeah, was who was able to do both. Did you do both at the same time? I can't recall. I can't recall. But um, yeah, it's one of those things that uh, you know, league is becoming a game of, of, you know, of I guess all of our footballs are becoming games of such specialization that you know, in, in terms of the like the body type requirements you need to play the game that you know. It's not kind of natural. You see, for a kind of this, the great all-round sportsman to be able to kind of be able to like almost really juggle the balls of you know of staying kind of in um, in uh, you know kind of at the elite level in in multiple uh, in multiple type of games and uh, yeah. it's almost uh, you know it's almost uh, we we had certain cases kind of in the AFL and we hear um, this talk all the time, particularly in these pay disputes of the need to kind of keep salaries competitive with other codes. But um, geez. You know, and I'm pretty sure there are some really magnificently you know, gifted athletes for other sports in uh, you know running around the NRL right now. But it's almost like a thing where to try and do that now seems like a vestige of the past. Yeah, you wouldn't try. You wouldn't even kind of think to do that. You know, think to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. An example of someone who is doing it is Elise Perry. But um, yeah, she's the only one I can, only athlete I can think of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, I mean, like, I can't think of. Um, we were having this discussion the other day about you know, kind of like, like gifted athlete 
golfer is, right? And yeah, like, that's true. Like the one that's always, you know, it, it comes to surprise people. I, I tell them, I asked Brett Ogle this question once, and he said, the only one who's running around out there is Braitha Nasta. <laughs> he reckoned Braitha Nasta could have played tour golf. And, you know, Braitha Nasta did play a very, very high level of junior golf. But, yeah, um, yeah. you know, you think that, yeah, there are kind of, you know, the, the level of athlete going around the NRL is, is incredible. Like yeah. so, yeah, and I guess you'd naturally associate them. Well, they could go play union. Of course, they could go play union. But <laughs> yeah. um, you know, yeah, you know, other sports too. I mean, it's uh, it's that to me is a real kind of yeah, kind of bit of a blast from the past. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, back in the day when yeah, you 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 did have kind of that kind of more formal distinction between. Well, you played something in the summer and you played something in the winter, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah you don't see that, um, yeah, it, it kind of uh, less finally. Now, no. what was, um, yeah, kind of, um, kind of what did listening to kind of, you know, kind of use his commentary kind of bring to mind for you, uh, James? Oh, just um, the 1980s. Um, when you used to watch rugby league, well, maybe it was because I was a kid, but the commentators made it sound like it was so important. Every <laughs> play was that try really important try and he, he's just got the right uh, tone of, of, of voice and uh, you know when something's well what he's really good as well he's set, set, setting the scene for sort of like the re, restarting of the play and, and the building up and, and he identifies the players every time he says someone's name it's sort of almost as if that's that player is the main character of that little chapter of the game he doesn't just he's not just like a he doesn't speak continuously for the 80 minutes he Okay, that player, Elias, you know, um, Roach, Pierce, and he really identifies the, the individuals in the game. Yeah. I find that when you talk about some of the older school callers, yeah. and this is, a, again, a generational difference, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of them were weaned on radio, so that their style is, is kind of different. The television guys, if you started on television, you've always done TV, TV it's yeah. a, a bit different because you call to the... He called to the pictures yep. generally a, a bit differently, whereas some of the older guys who yeah who did get their start without the pictures around in, in yeah. radio are more yeah I, they're they're more into actually being kind of being kind of descriptive, whereas yeah kind of the play by play guys of kind of more recent vintage they're more kind of I guess what you call value adders is, is so to speak they kind of add sure. to what because they you know they know that people can see what you know what's going on, on their screen so there's yeah. no, really no need to kind of you know. Describe kind of whether they passed it left or right. Yeah. It's um, yeah. Well, yeah. Ray Hadley cops a lot of criticism for that. Mm. Yeah, you, you watch a Ray Hadley game and he describes everything that's happening, and, and you you do think to yourself, yeah, we can see that. Like whereas whereas Graham Hughes will he'll talk about more about the identities mm. coming into this on, onto your TV, um, and it's just it's hard to explain, but. He's a master in his craft. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's value kind of if you do it well. I, I don't mind you, whichever way you you choose oh, yeah. to do it. I, I've often kind oh, of I, don't know how they do it. I kind of yeah. All, I kind yeah. of laugh at when people say there's a proper way to do kind of TV. I mean, I yeah, yeah. it's like saying there's a proper way to write. I mean, you know, you can achieve kind of the the same end, yeah, kind yeah. of kind of doing it different ways. I, I, about the only thing I ask of my uh, my play callers is that they don't identify guys incorrectly yeah, <laughs> too, exactly. too often. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that that really is the thing that can. Uh, Kind of disrupt you when you yeah. when you're watching the game, but um, exactly. but beyond that, um, uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it, it's interesting how someone something like that, someone's voice, someone's style, someone's kind of personality in in, in the com box, really becomes an essential part uh, of the way you you kind of view the game, you remember the game, yeah. and you know yeah. it's um, yeah, it's a really nice thing that they kind of were kind of yeah to able to bring them out. Well, we went out to the um, Penrith 
uh, Cowboys game on the weekend, and one of the first things that I thought when I saw that he was doing that game was, oh, what a shame, I'm not going to be able to hear his comments. And, and I was going to the actual game to, to be part of the atmosphere and all that sort of thing, and I thought, oh, what a shame! I'm not going to be able to to hear his voice. You should have just you should have just gone home and watched the game again. <laughs> yeah, sure. Couldn't couldn't you have done that? Mm, yeah, well, would have would have missed a, an, an amazing victory by Penrith then. So <laughs> <laughs> just to um, just to clarify, um, uh, Graham Hughes he said something interesting to one of the papers through the week when this story came up about him possibly having a, a role at Fox Sports. He said he hasn't really ever retired, um, and, and that's, that's sort of you sort of think of him as having retired when Channel 10 finished, but um, uh, finished covering the rugby league. But he went to the Seoul Olympics. He he, he, he called on the uh, Kangaroo Tour, um, and he now even co-hosts uh, Talking Sport, uh, a radio show on uh, 2SM in Sydney. So yeah, he's um, he's still very been very active over over these decades, and um, yeah, it's really really good to have his voice back on the. On, on the television. Yeah, I mean those stalwarts, they they really love it. They got it. They've got, really got a pure kind of yeah, yeah. kind of um, kind of devotion really to the to to their games, and it's yeah. I guess that's what yeah keeps you kind of keeps you kind of fronting up to them. Because, you know, I yeah. mean it's there's a for the ones who do it for a long time, there's a lot of travel involved, and you, you get the sense that you know they've seen so much before that they yeah. do get kind of jaded. But Definitely. yeah, they've yeah they've got they've got an incredibly uncynical. Which is not to say they kind of got they've got a misty-eyed view of things, but they've got a very uncynical kind of yeah kind of view of uh, view of sports. They're always yeah it's always fascinating kind of yeah. when you get they get a chance to talk to them and you know because you know that's really the dream, isn't it? To kind of yeah, to you know kind of be where they are and have that seat where you can kind yeah. of see yeah you know, kind of these things happen firsthand. But um, yeah, it's uh, that was a that was a great thing to see this week. Oh, well said, mate. Well said. Um, okay, that's just about all we've got time for, literally, because we need to get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be wondering where we got to. Um, thanks very much for listening and uh, hope you enjoy the third last round of Premiership footy before the finals. Thanks very much. Thank you.